0: Just about nothing better than spending a long hot summer day at the pool, right? Now I've come to appreciate this more as my kids have gotten older. Let me be honest; used to be terrible. So kids with, or parents with littles just know it gets so much better. Um, but I do love watching my kids run around, enjoy the pool, and they make up all these fun pool games. You know, you just watch their little imaginations go to work. But there is a classic pool game from which I'm sure you're all aware, and it's none other than Marco Polo. Now, if you're not familiar with Marco Polo, this is a game of tag played in the pool where the person who is it closes their eyes and the way that they find people is they shout out, Marco, and everyone says, You know it, you know the game, okay. But every once in a while, There's a sneaky little guy who thinks they're going to outsmart the Marco guy, and they jump out of the water really quietly, and they try to run to the other end of the pool so they don't get tagged. What happens if Marco hears you get out of the pool? What do they yell? Fish out of water. Do you know this one? Fish out of water. And they yell that because this kid is supposed to be in the pool, but they are in fact not. They are not in the environment that they are supposed to be. And so we yell, fish out of water, to say, hey, 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 get back where you belong. And it makes me wonder, have you ever felt this way? Have you ever felt like a fish out of water? Have you ever felt like deep down, you're just not in the environment that you've been created for? I remember growing up as a kid, um, we had very, very little. And so I lived, my parents lived, my mom lived, paycheck to paycheck, um, Always lived on the assistance of the government, lived in Section 8 housing, and I remember watching my mom struggle every single day to provide very simple things for me and my siblings. And all I can tell you is that looking back, this is exactly how I felt. I felt like a fish out of water. I felt like living in poverty was just not the environment that I was created for. And I knew deep down that I was made for something more. Maybe you found yourself at this in this place at one time or another where you've asked that question, man, am I really thriving in this environment that I'm in? Or is it possible that I was made to live in a different environment? Today, we're going to look at why we can sometimes feel like a fish out of water and what God's plan is to help us thrive in the right environment. So we're going to pray and we're going to dig into the word. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, you are so faithful. God, I thank you for being here in our midst today. I thank you that you are the good teacher. So would you come now and make biblical principles reality in our lives? We just invite you, Lord, to teach us whatever you want to show us today. We welcome your presence. We thank you for being here with us. You are so good to us, and we love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. so, like, last week or so, I was reading this really great article about— Okay. TikTok. I was scrolling TikTok. And uh, you do it too. You know you do. I was watching TikTok, but there is some good stuff on there. Uh, I was watching this TikTok and there was this great uh, video about environments and how every environment has been perfectly created and designed for the species that is to live there and inhabit that environment. And it's fascinating. You know, you just see from the very beginning of time that God created the world in such a way that he designed unique environments for every unique species. And in doing that, he created a space in which every species will thrive. And we know this is true. We, we see it in our lives, but we also read about it in the Word. And so we're going to jump in this morning to the Scripture. We're going to look at the first book of the Bible in Genesis, and we're going to read in the very beginning how God created the world with such intentionality, specifically regarding environments. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there, or we'll throw it up on the screen. It says this, then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that's what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind and God saw that it was good. Good. So here we see that God designed vegetation, the trees and the plants, uniquely to thrive. But take note of what is happening as God is creating the trees. Here's what I want you to see. When God creates the trees, he speaks to the earth. He says, let the land sprout with vegetation because the environment in which trees are created to grow and thrive is in fact the earth, the land, the soil. And so as he creates, he is speaking to the environment in which the trees will thrive. Let's jump to verse 20. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Because when God is creating the fish, he is speaking to the environment in which they will thrive. So he speaks to the waters, You're right? That's fish need water, we know this, right? Or they just don't make it. Because water is the environment for which, in which fish will thrive. So God speaks to the earth and makes the trees and he speaks to the waters and he makes the fish. But here's the fascinating part. When God goes to create human beings, he doesn't speak to the land and he doesn't speak to the sea. He speaks to himself. Interesting. Let's read it in verse 26. Then God said, let us, when you see plural here, we serve a three-in-one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's why it's plural. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. The environment in which humans are created to thrive, the environment in which we are nourished and our lives are sustained is in God. The environment in which humans are designed to thrive is in the very presence of our God. And God intentionally creates these beautiful environments to help every species thrive. We know this is true, right? We know this is true. You take a tree out of the ground, what happens? Dies because the tree needs the soil. You take a fish out of the water, what happens? It's flopping around, dies. And when human beings are disconnected or removed from God, we die. Now, I don't mean physically necessarily, although we all know that's a reality and we're all gonna die, right? But I'm talking more about a dying that happens in our souls and our spirits when the innermost part of our being begins to deteriorate because we are not connected to the source of nourishment, to the source of life. God himself is the environment in which we are made to thrive and it is in him that we live and move and have our being. And so when we say yes to him, when we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and we receive that free gift of salvation, that's what it means to be in him. We we choose to submit to connectedness with him rather than trying to do it on our own. We choose to be in him because God is the environment in which we have been created to thrive in. And my friends, the truth is we will not thrive if we are not living in the environment for which we've been created. We won't. But then I like to say, but like, how long can I survive on my own then? Because I'm just kind of curious, like, how long are we talking if I try to do it my way? went to Aldi last week. I got some groceries, and then they had tulips, and I thought, I'm getting those. That add a little springtime joy to my kitchen. So I get them home. They're out of the soil, right? I clipped them. I think that's what you're supposed to do. You just cut the bottoms off, right? That's what I do at an angle. Who knows more about this than me? Some of you must. Okay, anyway, that's what I did. Put them in the water, put them on my counter, and I look at these, and I think, oh my gosh, they're thriving, The environment is wonderful. My house is filled with peace and joy. Most of the time, don't come on Fridays. Um, I'm kidding. (laughs) I think my my home is a beautiful environment. Certainly, these little guys are going to thrive, but everybody knows their timeline is short. Everybody knows we're just counting down the days. It might look good for a while, but at some point, those suckers are going to die. It actually was about four days later because those things don't last. Um, Save your money, maybe. Environment matters. Tulips were not made for my counter. They were made for the earth. It's not the environment in which they were made to thrive. I have some fish here. I have some fake fish here. Okay, I really wanted to get real fish, and then I was like, I don't like animals. What am I going to do with these fish after I'm done with this illustration? So I went to Target, and I bought fake fish because they have these. Fish were made for the Water. You guys, look at them go. They're called robo fish. They're amazing. I'm gonna move this just for now. They'll swim around. It's like so cool. My kids have already called dibs on these after this um, because we don't have animals. This is as close as it's gonna get for them. Okay, fish were made for the water. You put them in the water, you watch them thrive and swim. But what happens when you take a fish out of the water? They're gonna flop around, right? They're gonna struggle. You're gonna like, there's no way they're gonna make it on their own because they were not made. For the air. Fish were made for the water. That's where they're made to thrive. That's the environment in which they will thrive. And with the same intentionality that God made trees for the earth and he made fish for the water, he created you and me to be in him. He is the environment in which we will thrive. And I have to take them out because they're driving me crazy. Hang on, they're too loud. We'll get back to them. So I think the question is, right, we want to thrive, right? We don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. So what does it mean for us to thrive? I think it's really easy to look at the tree and say, okay, we know how a tree thrives. A tree is rooted. Its roots go down deep into the soil. It has sunlight and water and all those good things. But how do we know a tree is really thriving? When it bears fruit, I would submit to you, friends, that the same is true for human beings. How do we know that we're thriving? How's your fruit? And I'm not talking about popping off apples, bananas. I'm not talking about that. We actually read about it in Galatians five. Here's what the word says. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Read this with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we are in the environment for which we have been made, we know we are thriving when we see the evidence of that fruit in our lives. So let's be honest. How's your fruit? Now how's your fruit? Is your life filled with peace and love and joy and patience? Or is it more oftentimes filled with things like anxiety, worry, fear, anger? I mean, have you been constantly running through the what-ifs in your mind all the time? Your, Your mind's just racing? What if, what if, what if, what if? Worrying about tomorrow steals from today. It's just going and going. Are you stressing about those business plans you're trying to put together? Always worrying about, you know, what that coworker said about you last week. You yelling at your teenager because they ignored you for the fifteenth time. Not that that happens in my house, except it does all the time. How you driving? What do I mean? Are you driving down the interstate? How's your fruit on the interstate? You guys, that guys, in the, it's always no. Sometimes it's a woman. They're in the left-hand lane. Driving under the speed limit. It's the passing lane. I don't know how many times I have to say this. The left-hand lane is the passing lane. If you are not passing, move it. And so you think, well, I'm going to teach this guy a lesson. So what do you do? You drive on the right and you get up there. We don't swear. There are no gestures, but we stare just like this as we pass. Like, what are you doing? Literally, what are you doing? Every time my husband does it, I'm like, ooh, teach him. Like, that's not going to do it. <laughs> it doesn't work, by the way. But just if you get nothing else out of today, left hand is the passing lane. Get over. Okay. I'm passionate about a few things. That's one of them. How's your fruit? What's coming out of you? Because the things that pop out of us are indicative of the environment that we have settled for. If we find ourselves lacking love, if we find ourselves lacking peace or patience, it's a sign to us that we are, in fact, disconnected from the environment that we've been created to thrive in. Now, thankfully, Jesus has some great encouragement for us on how to stay connected to him and to bear good fruit. And we read about it in John 15. He says this, Jesus is speaking. He says, "'Remain in me, and I will remain in you. "'For a branch cannot produce fruit "'if it is severed from the vine.'" And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do? Yes. Let's jump to verse eight. When you produce much fruit, you, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. He says, I've loved you. Even as the father has loved me, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my amen. Yes, your joy will overflow. This text is so, so rich. Look, we can only produce good fruit when we remain in God. He is the environment in which we were made to thrive. And we can't just like, like make good fruit happen in our lives. We can't just make it happen. We don't muster up love or joy or peace. We remain in him. We remain connected to him and he produces the fruit. And so the question is, how do we abide? How do we remain? Like, what's that even mean? I'm just going to tell you, when you feel that moment of, "woo, what's going to come out of me? abiding looks like this. Turn your attention to him. Just stop. He never leaves you. Do you know this? He never disconnects from you. He never walks away. He's never like, that's too much. I'm out. He doesn't do that. When we feel disconnected, it's because we've turned away, not him. So abiding means stop. And you take a moment and you just thank him for being there with you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you never leave me. Thank you, God, that right now I can be filled with your presence and filled with your peace and filled with your love and filled with your joy. I know the enemy's trying to rob from me right now. I know what's going here and I know the anger is starting to bubble up right here. Remain in him, abide in him, turn your attention to him and begin to thank him for what he has already given you. He's given you an environment in which you can thrive and it's right there you turn your attention back to him and you receive every good thing that he has for you. The question is, how do we stay in that place? How do we abide? How do we remain in him? The scripture told us by obeying his commandments. Who is excited? Yeah, Woohoo! I hate being told what to do, by the way. It's really fun for me. We remain by obeying his commandments. Do you know what obeying him says? It says, I trust you. It's like, you know what, I guess your way probably is better than my way. Imagine if the tree said to God, look, I know you have a great design. I know you have this good plan for me to bear fruit. It involves something about soil, a little sunlight, maybe some water. And that's how I, I know that's like your plan and your idea, but I got a great idea. I'm going to try like sand, Diet Coke, maybe a little fog and see how that goes for me. God's going to say, nice try, tree. That, that's not going to work. Why? I've designed it differently. And in the same way, friends, we've said, well, well I'm just going to try this thing on my own. And he says, oh, okay, you can try that. It's not going to go well for you. When we choose not to obey, that's called sin. And sin is what is anything that is not God's very best for our life. He wants you to thrive. It is not about following all the rules and checking off the rights and wrongs and doing all the right things all the time. He's saying, do you want to thrive? Or do you want to be cut off? You don't want to be cut off. You don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. And the way that we thrive is we stay connected to the source of every good thing. And you have to trust that his plans are better. He just, he's the designer, he's the creator. It's just the way we were made. And just as a tree needs the soil and a fish needs the water, we need God. We stay connected to him. But what tends to happen over time, we actually forget that we've been made for a different environment. We just like forget. And we actually begin to adapt to whatever environment we find ourselves in. And we're like, well, that's, that's fine. You guys say this all the time, right? People, how's it going? That's fine. I'm fine. We adapt. We become comfortable in an environment that maybe we haven't been created for. Let's take our fish, right? Left outside of the water, fish do not survive. We know this. Fish are going to flop around forever. Oh, don't die now. I mean, actually, that's what happens. When you take them out, they die. Okay, all right. Fish outside of the water, they flop around. They're not made for this life. Air is, is not where they belong. They are made to swim. They need the water to survive, right? But the question is, what would it look like for the fish to thrive? Because what I want to tell you is, fish were not made for the fish bowl. Fish were made for the seas. I'm not anti-aquarium, by the way. Keep your fish, it's fine. Fish were not made for the fish bowl. They were made for the seas. They've adapted to this environment, and they're saying, it's fine. Kind of looks like the sea, right? I mean, I got water, so I'll survive. I got these really giant fake plants, um, You know, the little rocks, someone's gonna walk by and throw in some little flakes, I'm gonna make it. I'm surviving, but I am not thriving. And in the same way I believe that we have adapted to an environment that we were not made for, And you know what? We're fine. This environment is fake. It is a replica of the great design. It was not the intended design. I got to take them out because they're just so distracting. Back to the towel. This is an imitation of the sea. It's not the real thing. And friends, I think we have settled for a replica of the environment that we've been created for. We were created to be in God, and we've settled for, like, knowing about him rather than knowing him. We were made to be in God, and we've settled for, like, talking about him rather than talking to him. And so we've settled for this fishbowl kind of faith that looks the part— But deep down, we know that there is more for us to experience as we abide in him. We settle all over the place. We settle, we settle for anxiety when peace is available. We settle for comparison, we let that creep in even though we know that we've been made so valuable and so worthy, right? We settle for comforting ourselves with food and drink and entertainment and thinking, this will bring me joy. It's a fake. We were made for more. We've settled for a fishbowl kind of faith, knowing that the sea is available to us and we're missing it. There's so much more. True joy is available when we abide in him. True joy as we remain in the environment for which we have been created. And if we turn to anything other than him to find that joy, we'll be like a fish out of water. When we are disconnected from God, we slowly start to die. Like those tulips on my counter, like a fish out of water, we will struggle, we will flop around gasping for air, trying to do it on our own. And I'm telling you, some of you are here today and you are slowly dying, but you don't even know there's a better way. You don't know you were made for a different environment. You don't know how good it can truly be Because you're hanging out in a fishbowl when the opportunity is the sea. There's so much more. I want to read to you the scripture in Ephesians 2 so that you can see what I'm saying. And here, I want you to put your name in there when you read this, right? God saved you. God saved you. Put your name in there. God saved you, Ethan. God saved you. Susan, God saved you. Put your name in there, Leah. By his grace, when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So no one can boast about this, right? We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Friends, there's more for us. You don't have to struggle on your own anymore. Some of you have felt very alone. That's not the design. There's more for you. He wants us to thrive. What you have to know is that the God of the universe, the God who created every environment in which every species will thrive, he also created you. Psalm 139 says that he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He spoke life over you. He breathed you into existence. And he has a unique purpose and a unique destiny for your life. You are no accident. And here's the thing. He didn't just create you. He's crazy about you. He's crazy about you. He loves you so much. And there's not one more thing you could do that's going to make him love you anymore. And there's not one thing you could do that's going to make him love you any less. Jesus already made that way for us to be in right standing with the Father through his work on the cross. He loves you so much. And the question is, have you received that? Have you allowed yourself to abide, to stay connected to the source of every nourishing thing in your life? And if you felt a little disconnected or you felt like you've been flopping around for a while, if you felt like you're just surviving, the invitation is to reconnect. Again, he never leaves, he never turns his back. He wants to be with you. And so it's just an opportunity today to declare, God, I need you. Just like a fish needs the water, God, I need you. In a little bit today, we're going to be hearing men and women and boys and girls who today declare this truth, that they choose to abide in him. They choose to be in God. They choose to remain in him. And you're gonna hear the testimonies. You're gonna hear the life stories of those who have tried to do it on their own, but just as the fish needs the water, they realize they need God. And because of his mercy, because of his grace, they're gonna participate in something we call water baptisms, where they get to uh, live out this visible expression of an internal heart posture which means they get to tell us and the rest of the world that they are returning to the environment for which they have been created for. And we can't wait to celebrate with them, but know this. Today is not just about our baptism participants, although it is. It's actually a day for every single one of us to pause and take a moment and ask ourselves the question, are we living in the environment for which we have been made or are we slowly dying? Are we like the tulips on the counter? Like, well, it looks good right now but I know that's not going to last. I want to encourage you to reconnect with the Lord wherever you're at. It might be for the first time. It might be for the millionth time. But I want you to know that he waits with arms wide open. He's ready to embrace you and to welcome you home. And for all of us, it's just a time for us to check the fruit. This is how we know if we're abiding. How's your fruit? What happens when you get a little squeezed? What comes out? If it's anything other than Galatians 5 kind of fruit, it's a reminder, bing, 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 time to reconnect. With the one who loves you, with the one who sees you, with the one who knows everything that you need right when you need it. He loves you and he wants you to thrive. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for being, um, man, just a faithful friend. Thank you, God, that you never leave us. Thank you for that you've designed an environment in which we will thrive and it just so happens to be you. You love us so much, you wanna be with us all the time. And I thank you for that. And God, I thank you that even now, you're, you're showing us a few places in our life where maybe we've missed it, where we need to reconnect with you because the fruit isn't what we want it to be. And so God, I thank you that you are going to help us thrive in this next season. And we just say today, we choose you. We choose to abide in you, to be in you. And we welcome you to do the hard work of making the fruit happen. We just choose to remain. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen.